how important is clarity to you personally and to the organizations that you're a part of, the organization that you lead? Our guest today helps us to understand that without having a clear vision, we will never be successful. And he talks, uh, talks to us about how the skills that he developed in ministry, how he's now using them to help individuals and organizations to find clarity. You do not want to miss this episode. Also, I want to share with you before we get into this episode that I have a special event coming up called the Monetize Your Ministry Summit. It's taking place on Monday, September 25th from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Go to the website, mymsummit.com and register. Go to mymsummit.com and register now. Now let's check out this episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry Podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. And did I have to because tattoo that Jesus is like it brings in itself and then it opens. I want to provide content and things that will help change lives. And I simultaneously want to, to receive a blessing from that. Now here's your host, Kamon Hunt. All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is the podcast where we help you to discover your unique ministry, how you serve others best, and learn how to take that out into the marketplace. I'm excited today. We have another great guest who will share from their story. But before we bring on our guests, we need you to do a few things. We need you to share this podcast. As you're watching this, maybe on Facebook, just click the share button right there on Facebook so that it can go to your friends, they can see it, and maybe they have a unique ministry that they have not yet discovered, or they discovered it and they don't know how to develop it or deploy it, share it, because sharing is caring. Or maybe you're listening to this podcast, and one of the ways that you can share it, you can you know, just go ahead and share it to someone, or you can leave a rating and a review because it helps others to find it. And if you're on YouTube, just go ahead and hit the share button and share it with someone as well. All right, today's guest is a friend of mine. Um, someone I have worked with, but someone who I've always admired for his his lifelong his quest for lifelong learning. And so I want to just bring up our guest today, um, Seth Yalorda. Seth, welcome to the podcast. Hey, How are you doing today, you. my friend? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. Seth is a visionary leader and an organizational development strategist. He lives in California with his wife Holly and their three daughters. Seth, we're excited to have you today to share your story, to share some nuggets of wisdom, and also so that we can learn from your example what are ways that we can monetize our ministry. Mm -hmm. I receive that. I'm I'm excited to be a part of this conversation, to dive in, and if anyone can be blessed by my journey, then it was well worth it. So let's get it. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I probably should have prepped you for this question, but I didn't. Right. So there are people who are watching this podcast who know you and there are people who are watching this podcast who this may be their first time interacting with you. What is yeah. something about Seth Yalorda that people will be surprised to know? Just something that maybe people who know you don't know even. Right. Like, give us something. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I should have told I mean, you. I could, you know, I can just jump jump into my story. I mean, pastor for 15 years. But during that time of pastoring, always kind of felt like this is where God 
started me in ministry, but this is not where I'm going to end in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I've always felt just kind of like a pull into another area. And it was probably around year six or seven of pastoral ministry that I started discovering what that a- other area was and realized that it was in the consulting space. Mm-hmm. And so just made that transition from pastoral ministry to consulting. Interestingly enough, like even when I was pastoring, I felt like I could do it, but I never felt like it was I was in my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people always wonder like, man, why don't you preach more? You don't want to preach. And I was like, you know, you know, I can, but it's not, that's not my great contribution. And so now my journey has just been one of progressive elaboration where I'm constantly trying to figure out God, how can I use the gifts and the skills and the passions that you've given me to add value to those around me? So I don't know if that's, if that's answering the question, um, yeah. you know, those who, who know, who may not know me, you know, you know, former pastor, now full-time consultant, but um, definitely always a minister. Cool, cool. Well, Seth, I was probably thinking the fact that you are, I know you're skilled in the martial arts and stuff. I don't know a lot of people know that, um, but. Skilled is such a, such a strong word. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, you know, when I was like 14, my dad yeah. made me take classes, but yeah. I haven't, haven't engaged I know how to throw well, a brick, though. So you walk through the door, you know, and you might get hit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. People may not know that. Anyway, so you started us off on your journey. And we kind of, I think, just unpacking your journey, people are going to learn a whole lot. So here is, yeah. um, this is one of the times I remember one of our first conversations. I was pastoring a church um, in Kansas City. And I remember, you know, your, your family lived in Kansas City. And you came yeah. to that church. You were still in school or getting ready to get out of seminary to go into your congregation. And you came so you you could observe um, our church leadership meeting. And I remember thinking, this guy really has a quest and a thirst for learning and understanding. And just kind of talk to us about that. Because, you know, as I mentioned, right, you have, I feel like you're always learning something. You're always in formal education, getting some degree or you're getting some certification. Just talk to us about where did that whole, or do you even see that in yourself, this quest for constant learning and development? Yeah, I, I would, I can't say that I've been intentional about it. I just think that there's a lot of topics that interest me, specifically like in the leadership, organizational development realm. And there's a lot of smart people out there who are smarter than me. And so I've kind of always felt like I want to know what they know. I want to sit at their feet. I want to be, I want to be known as someone who is knowledgeable. And so the only way to do that is to like stay in the classroom, to stay with my head in a book, to always be listening to a, 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 a audio book. And so through my journey from pastoral ministry now to consulting, you know, I just felt like I have to keep my, my, my sword sharp. I have to stay at the top of my game. So whether that's going back to school and getting my MBA or, mm-hmm. you know, going back to school another time and getting my master's in organizational psychology or enrolling in a PhD program or picking up a couple certifications along the way, you know, I I didn't do it because I felt like I, I like needed it. I did it because I sincerely kind of want to learn and want to know the best practices and what's the best way to help an organization move from point A to point B and to really help them accomplish their goals. And I felt like there's no better way for me to know that than to actually sit at the feet and study individuals and theories and concepts that can really point me in that direction. Yeah. Our guest today is Seth Yalorder. And, and as you just heard him share on the podcast, he said, got an MBA, got a master's, working on a PhD, <laughs> got a few certifications, man. You just say that as is, you know, just giving it out. Right. But you have really invested your time and your energy, mm-hmm. as you said, 
to let me get better, let me learn more, let me make myself more proficient in this area that I want to be an expert. But I want I'm interested. So I know your pastoral journey started off in the South. At yeah. what point did you start thinking, okay, pastoral ministry is very general, right? It's like a general practitioner. At what point yeah. did this field or this area of specialty of leadership and vision and organizational strategies and, and the stuff we just mentioned, at what point did that yeah. start becoming something you wanted to focus? Because I'll just say this. A lot of pa people think pastors focus on preaching, right? Sure. Or other stuff. But at what point did you begin leaning into that? Yeah, I think when I started my journey, you know, you kind of jump into pastoral ministry, not really sure what your niche is going to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I first started, I was pastoring three small churches and I felt like family life in the seminary. I had like a family life, family therapy emphasis. And so I was like, you know what, let me go back to school and get my MFT, become a licensed family therapist. And so I actually enrolled in a program, got accepted and the day classes were supposed to start, I was just like, this just doesn't feel right. Like, I don't want to sit here and deal with couples and their problems and try to help them figure it out. Like, that's just not how I want to spend my time. And so I didn't even show up to class. I unenrolled in that program. And when I was then assigned to another um, church appointment um, in Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's when I started to really kind of understand that I'm really interested in like business and the business of ministry. Like, how do we optimize? How do we really run a highly effective, highly efficient organization? And sitting in board meetings and leader meetings and elder meetings, I just started to really kind of get like I think my feet wet in like the administrative side of pastoring. And so that's when I decided to know, you know, go back to school and get my MBA because you know, while I'm grateful for the education I, I received from the seminary, like you said, it's more like a generalist. And I really want to be a specialist. Like I really, yeah. I really began to feel that, you know, my, my unique contribution to the body of Christ isn't going to be my ability to preach. And the fact that I'm a, a phenomenal orator, like my contribution isn't going to be the fact that I'm like some phenomenal author writer who can write, you know, Bible studies and books on the life of Christ. I really felt like my contribution was really helping organizations run more effectively. And yeah. so that's that's when I started to like, you know, go and I got my MBA and that really opened up the door for me to get a role as an executive pastor here in California where I'm located now. And it was in that role as an executive pastor applying the principles and the the methodologies that I learned in my MBA to this church as an as an admin pastor that I really started to realize that you know what, I can have like my budgets and my structures and my org charts and like my marketing plan. I can have all of that that I learned in my MBA like down. But if the culture of our church and if the leaders are not healthy, like it will not make a difference. You know, Peter mm -hmm. Drucker says that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yeah. And so basically he's saying culture eats your MBA. Like whatever you did in your MBA, all the strategy tools that you learned, if your culture is not healthy, if your leader's not healthy, then it, it will make no difference. And I was really on a quest to really crack the code on how to run a healthy, you know, faith-based organization. Like that was really what I was like going for, even though at the time I may not have been able to articulate it as such. Yeah. I really felt like, how do I run a healthy organization? Yeah. And that's when I started to really dive into like culture and leadership and wow, to change the culture, it really starts with a vision and where are we going and how do you communicate that vision? Is the vision clear and have people bought into the vision? 
And so that's really what kind of led me down the path of helping churches, nonprofits, schools, organizations really craft a compelling vision for the future that will inspire their team and create a ton of synergy and momentum for that culture to be changed and transformed and for people to really feel excited about where they're going and want to, you know, contribute above and beyond in helping the organization get there. Seth, man, that's, you said so much there. You talked about, I know long answer. I'm no, bad. no, no, no. I'm saying like, no stuff I want to unpack. Right. Cause by the way, I did not know this about you that you had enrolled in an MFT, right? Like, I did. <laughs> and dropped out on day one. So that's <laughs> next time you're asked that, you you might want to give that question the answer. That was pretty interesting. But it's interesting because one of the things this podcast seeks to do is we want to redefine in people's mind what ministry is, right? Again, mm -hmm. singing, ministry, preaching—that's ministry, right? But administration and mm -hmm. helping to clarify vision and organizational development do you see that as a ministry and 100%. maybe there's somebody 100%. else right the reason i'm asking you that because there's somebody else who they they feel like a misfit whether they're a pastor or whether they're a believer who is a part of a local congregation but they cannot find your ministry because it doesn't look like the upfront stuff so talk to us about that yeah i think anything that you do for the kingdom is ministry mm -hmm. right and i mean ministry doesn't mean volunteer Ministry doesn't mean free. I think ministry is defined by this is the gift that God has given you to advance the, the work of God on earth in mm -hmm. people's lives. And so that could be through a formal organization like a church that could be through, you know, a, standing behind a pulpit and preaching the gospel. But that can also be through journeying alongside of people and kind of helping them figure out their finances, helping them figure right. out their mental health, helping them figure out their relationships like any. Thing that you're doing to advance the work of God in a person, I think that is the ministry of Christ, right? When yeah. Christ came, he came and he, you know, set the captives free, brought yeah, healing to the people. Like, right, yeah. like he was ministering to people in ministries like you are loosening the chains that sin and that the that the kingdom of darkness has placed on people. And so financial chains, mental chains, physical chains. So doctors in a hospital. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. whether you're a believer or not, I think that they should see that as an extension of what Christ was doing, bringing ministry, bringing healing to people physically. And so, yeah, I think, you know, anything that you're doing that's trying to help someone mentally, physically, financially, socially, relationships, having a better quality of life, that really is, you know, you're moving the needle for the kingdom of heaven. I love that definition. And I, I just hope somebody gets that. Uh, encouragement today that God has put you where he's put you with the gifts he's given you with the people that he's put in your circle of influence to minister right yep. you every day of your life get to do ministry and, yep. and Seth you talked about it does not have to be for free and, and we're going to yep. unpack that a little bit more in this in, in another part of our episode but I'm curious as well right you said this part of your journey I knew it wasn't this but it sounds like your, the clarity around what you're supposed to be doing, your unique contribution to the kingdom has come um, not all at once, but gradually. Just talk to us uh, about this vision clarity that you've gotten. Yeah. So I was I was, you know, sitting around a table with eating a meal after church with the retired minister. And there was like four or five other people at a house that we were having like a, a after church meal. And um, the retired minister was just kind of sharing 
all of the different churches he pastored. I mean, it's it felt like, and this might be my own, you know, you know, exaggerated mind, but he, it felt like he said he pastored like 20, 30 different churches. He's like, yeah, I pastored yeah. this church and I pastored that church. And he was just kind of like going down the road of all the churches he had pastored through his, I don't know, like 40, 50 years of ministry. And as he was like walking it down, I just, I just had this overwhelming sense in my spirit. Like that's not going to be my story. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know where that came from. I didn't really understand fully what that was about, but I just felt in my spirit that his journey in ministry was not going to be my journey in ministry. And I think a lot of times pastors, they start off feeling like, oh, I've been called to pastor now. And so that means I have to pastor forever. Mm. Right. And that if you stop pastoring, then you're rejecting the call. And for me, that may be true for some, but that was definitely not how I accepted the call to ministry. It was very much so. I feel like God is calling this to me, calling me to this now, but he's not calling me to this pulpit forever. Right. And um, and so that was really the, the the impetus of like having an awareness of I'm here now. I'm not here forever. And so then just along the journey of me investigating my passions, you know, trying to get build a, a set of skills in my area of passion and developing those gifts that I feel God had given me as I was just developing it and investigating it. That's when it became clear over a period of, you know, 10 years that, wow, my sweet spot, my unique contribution to the call to the kingdom of heaven isn't behind a pulpit, but it's standing alongside of a leader. It's standing alongside of elders. It's standing alongside of a board and really helping them clarify where they're going, how they're going to get there. And honestly, that that call, that clarity, let me tell you, that clarity really came about by me standing in line at a bakery here in Southern California. And it's a bakery that makes phenomenal, like sweet potato pies, peach cobblers, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, like desserts. And I was standing in line at this bakery and it was like the day before Thanksgiving. And I know I shouldn't have been out there, but the line was wrapped around the building and it was like three hours to pick up your pie that you had pre-ordered. And I was standing there and I was just like, there has to be a better way, yeah. right? Like standing in that bakery, I was like, there's no way. Like it should take three hours to pick up a pie that I pre-ordered like a week ahead of time. And I think in that moment, mm. God just revealed to me my holy discontent for lack of clarity, lack of efficiency, lack See? of effectiveness, especially when it's related to an organization that has so much potential and power to change lives. I think oh. in that moment, I just realized I don't I don't like like you have a great product, but your processes and your people and your your workflows and your programs and you're just full of inefficiencies and full of like lack of relevance like that is like it bothers me. It frustrates me. I think in that moment, standing outside the day before Thanksgiving, that was like the 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 true awakening like, wait, OK, this is a problem that's mm -hmm. not just for this bakery, but it's a problem that churches experience that I feel like God is calling me to solve. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's, that's kind of how I arrived at this point of like, okay, vision clarity is an organization that I started that helps churches and nonprofits and schools and businesses really kind of figure out who we are, where we're going, how we're going to get there. Leadership development, personal development, really helping people clarify the life that God has called them to live. Yeah, I just love the name of your co company. Like if that was not the name of your company, I would go get it because Vision Clarity, just a powerful putting those two things together. But I mean, I heard you say it took 10 years and then it was almost like another thing 
that showed you, here's my holy discontent. Here's my problem. Yep. And for someone, I think there are a few things that you can take from that, right? Like, yep. like clarity doesn't always come all in once, but also like you got to listen and be in tune to the things that bother you, the things that frustrate you, the things that yep. you say, someone needs to do something about this, right? Yeah. So, Seth, I, yeah, so, so I remember you now starting with the church, right? So yep. we, we're talking about monetizing your ministry, but we also talk about moving that thing out into the marketplace. But you started helping churches. Mm -hmm. You started with what you were familiar with. Kind of tell us, first of all, let's start there. How did you start helping churches? And what was your experience taking something that you as a pastor had spent time learning now coming and bringing that to the church as something that you could help them with for a cost. Yeah. I mean, Google was really my best friend during that time. Like mm -hmm. I knew that I felt like, man, how do I help? How do I help organizations, churches, all of the above? Like, how do I help them figure it out? Mm -hmm. And I just, I remember I literally went to Google and was like church planning, organizational planning. Like I was just Googling like different words to kind of figure out, like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but there's something mm -hmm. that, is there. And I stumbled upon through Google, I stumbled upon this organization, the Patterson Company, and they basically work with churches and organizations and help them do strategic planning, process improvement, leader development. And so I started kind of digging into who they were and what they did. And I saw that they offered a certification. I was like, this is what I need. Like, cause I didn't have a framework. Like I knew what my problem mm -hmm. that I'm trying to solve, but I didn't have a framework that I could apply to an organization to help solve that problem. Mm -hmm. And they had a framework. And so I signed up, you know, I think it cost me $4,500. It was in Boulder, Colorado. I went out there and I sat through two and a half day, three days of training and certifications. And I came back super excited because I now had language and a framework and a, pro and a process that I could take someone through to help them experience clarity. And once I had that framework, I called my friends. I called you. I called my friends. I called said, hey, I got this, this tool, this framework, this thing that I think could really help. Let me come to your church. You know, I'll do it for reduced costs. I'm just trying to try it out. And luckily, my friends opened the door and they trusted me to work with their leaders to kind of figure this thing out. And so through the through that process, I started to just kind of like tweak the framework and make it my own. And I read other books and kind of built it into what it is now today. And every time I work with a client, I'm constantly iterating, right? I'm constantly like making changes to it. But I think to, to monetize your ministry, quote unquote, I think it really starts with you understanding what's the problem that God has called me to solve. And then what's my standard framework? What's my process to solve that problem? Mm -hmm. Right. And once you have those two things, then, you know, obviously it takes a marketing plan, it takes a sales team, it takes like all these other components. But the core pillars of monetizing your ministry is what's the problem and then how do I solve it? Right. And so that's what I was able to. That's what I, that's kind of where I started and yeah. then just continue to grow and tweak it from there. Dude, you just gave us a business class right there. I hope people I hope you all like take notes on this. Right. Found a problem. Right. Boom. For you. Whatever you're discontented on, God is like tapping you on the shoulder. I want you to solve that problem. But you said something that I think some of us make a roadblock. I don't have a framework. I don't have a method. And you invested in yourself. Like, let's not skip yeah. over that. Before yeah. you asked anyone to invest in you, you invested in you. Yeah. Right? And you went out and you, you learned from someone. 
you took what they had and you used it, right? You you can learn and, and apply. And then you went to your friends. You went to the people who knew you, who you knew, and you offer that for a price. I remember because yep. you helped my church, <laughs> the church that I led in Memphis. And I think for a lot of us, we complicate things. I need a whole lot of stuff. You made this very simple for us. And it's really important when you're getting started that 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 you make this as simple as possible because the thing that yeah. you really need to get in what is talking to people about what you have to offer and doing the thing, doing the thing, doing the thing because you learn through that iterative process. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, any more thoughts on that. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Um, don't don't overcomplicate it. Um, yeah. You know, there's probably someone who's four or five, six or seven steps ahead of you. Right. Look what they're doing. Like to me, I look at individuals who are ahead of me. So I think about the Patrick Lencioni's. I think about the John Gordons. You know, I think about the Freddie Russells. I think about individuals who they're out there in the marketplace. They're doing it and they have their own unique kind of spin to it. And my spin is a little bit different, but these are people who I would look at and say, man, they're, they're out there. They're doing this work. What are they doing? How are they doing it? What's their framework? How can mm -hmm. I kind of learn from them, maybe take certain pieces, you know, and then kind of adjust it. And you've been through my process. Whenever mm -hmm. I come with another tool that I'm going to use to help someone kind of figure out their process, I always give credit to the person that, that I got I the tool that. from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'll say, Hey, I got this from this person. I got this from this person. You know, I didn't design this. This is another tool I saw. I saw someone use and I'm taking bits and pieces of it. And I always give that person credit. So for me, it's just kind of acknowledging where you got your tools from, you know, if you didn't develop them yourself, but learning from the people that have gone before you. Right. Because yeah. they're, there's so many problems in this world. God doesn't just need one of you, right? There's other people who are doing what you feel called to do. Now, he needs you and he wants you because there's certain people that you can reach that they can't reach. But he doesn't need just one of you. He needs multiple people to go out there and to help, you know, move the needle for the kingdom. And so find out who else is in your space, what they're doing, how they're doing it learn from them, maybe sit through their classes, kind of evaluate and then see, okay, what can I take from this? And how can I apply some of this to clients that I want to work with in the future? I love that, Seth. And I've been, I've been through your process now twice and it's different and I can see the growth. And I think that's important, right? Like you need to continue to, to grow, continue to yep. grow. And I love what you just shared here. Use the tools that are out there to help the people God has put you to help. So we started off church and and, and I'm, I'm going to talk through the extraordinary life um, mm -hmm. um program that you're doing but i want to get to organizations outside of churches right mm -hmm. hospitals i know you've worked with some um medical um organization mm -hmm. it was there because someone might be thinking well i could do this in the church because that's what i know was there any kind of hesitation any sort of like even limiting beliefs that you had to overcome to now monetize outside of the church world and into the nonprofit and even the business space? Yeah, I mean, as a pastor, there were tons, you know, especially within the Adventist church, you know, sometimes it feels like a bubble and I'm sure other denominations feel like that as well on some level. And so for me, it was, okay, when you look at my resume, it's purely pastoral ministry, right? Yeah, I went and I got my MBA, but I don't have corporate experience. I don't have healthcare experience. You know, a lot of my clients are, are churches. And so will this translate to mm. the marketplace? And I just want to tell you, yes, it does translate. 
Now, I think you have to be you have to be creative in how you communicate that that value proposition. Right. And so, you know, I I do a lot of my work now with Kaiser Permanente, which is a major healthcare provider in Southern California. And I work with two of their medical centers. And I same thing I do with churches. I do with them. Right. And it's so interesting that when I was talking with them and, and really kind of going through the process of them deciding whether or not they wanted to use my services to help with their with what they're doing. I asked them, like, well, why did you select me? And they, you know, it's funny. One of the individuals said, well, I went to your YouTube channel and I saw your YouTube. I like I YouTube you and I saw the videos that you were putting out and you were talking about leadership and, you know, org change and org development. And I felt like, man, what this guy is talking about is exactly what we need, you know, in our organization. And so, you know, I just I, I kind of rambling, but I, I, I want to say that take what you have. And even if you feel like it's only you know, at this point, you have a very small niche, you're only doing it in the church, or you're only doing it with a certain demographic, just know that other people, the principles of what you're doing, other people need that just the same. Take your content, put it out there, put it online, put it on YouTube, like everyone should have a YouTube channel, right? YouTube has opened up so many doors. In fact, let me just tell you, one of the one of the first coaching engagements I I received where someone actually paid me for coaching. They, the reason why they contacted me is because they saw my YouTube channel. Like the, it was actually probably like, probably the first person. Like I had not coached anyone. Wow. I just started producing content on coaching and leadership. And they saw my YouTube channel and they reached out to me. And they say, Hey, I saw your YouTube channel. Do you think you could coach me? Right. And so like, you have to take your content and you have to put it out there. Your voice is needed in the marketplace. And while for me, yes, a lot of my ministry started with the church and you know, working with churches and church leaders with strategic planning, when I present that to the marketplace, you know, I'm not using church language, right? So I have to use language that resonates with them, that applies to them. And I, I have to translate it for them because they're not going to translate it for themselves. And so just know that you have to be, you know, wise in how you package your your content. And if you know, hey, I want to get into healthcare or hey, I want to get into corporate or I want to I want to get into schools, then you have to package your content that's in a way that's going to speak to the audience that you're trying to serve. Um, but when you do that and you just are consistently putting out content, you're consistently going out there, uh, it you will reap, right? You it's a universal principle. You will reap what you sow. If you sow it, you will reap. That's good. Seth, and it's so interesting you mentioned that, right? YouTube and putting out video content. I think a lot of people, right, will say, I don't have a lot of views. But it doesn't take a lot of views. It just takes the right person to view the content, right? Yep. I mean, you you have millions of views. People are looking for the millions. But one person could pay you a million if it's the right person. And so don't don't focus on the numbers. You just said it. Don't focus on the output. Focus on the input. What are you you doing each day as a habit? To, yep. to to say to share that message, hundred percent. So so you're you're monetizing now through um and and you can add in anything that I'm forgetting. You're doing sure. consulting, right? And so you're mm-hmm. working with groups and organizations where you're going in for um you're consulting with them for periods of time. You're you're monetizing through speaking. Um, yep. you're monetizing through um you know, the work with your organ, other organizations, but you're also monetizing through personal and group coaching. Talk 100%. about that. There's a difference, right, between 
working with organizations and working with individuals. And, and if there's anything I forgot in your monetization strategy, please go, feel free to add it in. Yeah. So it's the same principles, right? What I do with an organization, helping them gain clarity, helping them develop a five-year plan, a strategic plan, helping them kind of figure out what are their you know, core four that they're working on over the next 90 days. It's the same principle that applies to individuals, right? What is your five-year plan as an individual? What is your core four? What's most important? What is your mission? I was just talking to an individual today um, and, you know, highly educated, highly skilled person, but just kind of feels like they're just kind of kind of floating through life without any purpose. And I was like, well, what's your mission? I don't, I don't know what my mission is. I was like, man, if you don't have a mission, it's almost like a boat without a rudder, right? I mean, just think about this analogy. So you're in a boat and you're going down a river or you're going through the lake and you have your, you have your oars and the oars, you know, would be your passion and your skill, right? Your passion and your skill are the two things that you're pulling on that will mm -hmm. move you forward, right? And so you're pulling on your passion and your skill, which are moving your boat forward. But the rudder is almost like your mission, mm -hmm. right? The rudder says, this is what I do. This is the direction I'm going in. And if you don't have a, if your rudder is not working, if you don't have a mission as an individual, mm -hmm. knowing like this is, this is the mission for my life during this season, then your passion and skills, you'll be making progress, but you won't be going in a very clear direction. You might be spinning in circles, mm -hmm. right? You might be going in the wrong direction because the rudder is not able to direct. Your mission isn't able to direct you. So for me, I mean, my mission is to lead leaders to discover their kingdom contribution, right? Oh, say, that again. I, say that again, say that again, say that again. So it's leading leaders to discover their kingdom contribution, right? That's yeah, my that's personal clear. mission, right? And when I say, like, I, I lead organizations, I lead individuals to have two words. What are the two words that you live your life by, right? What are the two words that, filter, that help you filter the decisions you make when it comes to employment, when it comes to contracts, when it comes to engagements? And my two words are creating clarity, mm. right? That's what I do. I create clarity. And if you double click those two words, creating clarity, it sounds like leading leaders to discover their kingdom contribution, I love right? That. And so if you invite me to preach at your church, I'm going to be preaching about leading leaders to discover their kingdom contribution, right? If I'm not doing a YouTube channel or if I'm on podcast, like everything is about how can I fulfill the call that God has placed on me, which is to lead leaders to discover their kingdom contribution. And so- and so that's the mission. I have what I'm passionate about. I have the skills that I've developed. Um, the vision is kind of like my navigational tool that I use that helps me go forward. And through that you know, interaction of those three, I'm able to live an extraordinary life. And that's Ooh. something that I'm really, really passionate about helping individuals to step into is to live an extraordinary life. It pains me when I hear individuals who are, who are gifted and passed and who are gifted and skilled and, and educated, but they are just overwhelmed with self-defeating thoughts, sabotaging behaviors. They don't have clarity about who they are. You know, they're believers, they're Christians, but they're not living according to the promise of God. They're living according to fear, doubt, and fear, guilt, and shame. Doubt is overwhelming them. For me, it's like, that just pains me. It almost breaks my heart. And so I feel like the call of God on my life during this season is to help these individuals who are leaders, not maybe not an organizational leader, but they're leading their lives. They're leading themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do I help them really get clarity around what is your purpose? What is your mission? What are your values? What are the things that animate your soul? What gets you up? What, what burdens you? And how can you use all of that, the call of God, the Holy Spirit's leading, your passions, your skills, your story, your experience, 
Let's put all that in a blender and let's produce a beautiful meal that will satisfy all those who come in contact with it. So, so wow. that's really kind of like where I am in my life right now is like helping organizations gain clarity and helping, helping individuals gain clarity on who they are and where they're going. I love that, Seth. And by the way, the passion is just like emanating through you. Anyone who is watching this, I want you to do me a favor. Type into the chat the word clarity, right? You're watching mm -hmm. this. Type the word clarity in the chat because that word right there, when you say it, Seth, that word, it just comes out like when, whenever the word we discuss clarity, it's like wake you up two o'clock in the morning, Seth. Clarity. Talk about yep. it. It's like you're ready because that's what you're called to help people and organizations achieve clarity. And I'm, I, I, I want to slip this question in because I wasn't planning to ask this. Mm -hmm. Like when people think about monetizing, they think, well, I'm not selling anything that people want. But you're selling. You, you are helping people with getting clarity. And sometimes mm -hmm. we may think, well, who's going to pay for that? Right. Like talk about just how valuable organizations and individuals have found this concept. One that we help people with in the church, right? How yep. how valuable have people found this concept of a, of finding clarity? I mean, I think everyone fundamentally at their core, they want to feel alive. Mm -hmm. They want to feel like they their their life has purpose, their life has meaning. Even that stay at home mom, like mm -hmm. I have a stay at home wife. She's at home with our daughters most of the time. Our daughters in school. She's at home. Even she's like I. Yes, I'm, you know, being with our daughters for the majority of the day and helping them is a, is a part of like my, the season I'm in right now and the call, but, but there's still other gifts that I have that I want to pursue. Like, yeah. I feel like we all have that desire inside of us to do something great. It may not, we may not want our, our name in lights. We may not mm -hmm. want, you know, to be on, you know, the headline, the next Hollywood movie premiere. And maybe we, maybe we do, there's nothing wrong with maybe that, but, yeah. right. But, but there's something about our life that. We want to live above mediocrity, mediocrity. Yeah. We want to live in this extraordinary realm where our life is compelling, right? I think yeah. that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants a compelling life. And one of the enemies of an extraordinary life, one of the enemies of a, of a compelling life is ambiguity, mm -hmm. right? So for me, it's how can I help you eliminate ambiguity, right? It's almost like if you're driving in your car and it's a snowstorm, you can't see where you're going. You won't be able to drive as fast. You won't have as much confidence, right? The likelihood that you end up in a ditch is significantly greater, right? And then being in the ditch is going to cost you time, money, and energy to try to get your car out of the ditch, all because there's ambiguity, there's fog, mm -hmm. there's snow, there's rain. You can't see clearly, right? And so I think, you know, we see the value of physical sight, and I think my burden is to help people have spiritual sight, to have personal sight, to have vision for their life so they can see exactly where they're going. And it doesn't mean it can't change, right? But if it changes, we're intentional about changing it, right? right. It's not like we're just being tossed to and fro. You know, I was talking to another individual and they said, man, I just feel like, you know, where I live right now, the cost of living is so high and maybe I should move down south where it's a little bit cheaper. And, and I was like, you know what? Like, if you don't have clarity, then you will make finance, you will make professional and personal decisions based off of the financial environment that you're in. Yeah. Right. But if you have clarity, then you can know like, hey, I'm not moving down south because it's cheaper and I can't afford out here. I'm moving down south because that's where my mission is best served. 
Yeah. Right. Or I'm staying here because this is where my mission is best served. Or if I move to a location, it's because I feel God is calling me there, not because there's financial pressure or political pressure or any yeah. other pressures that we allow. Peer pressure, right? yeah, yeah, peer pressure even. Right. And so when you have vision for your life, when you have clarity for your life, it really just helps you make better decisions it helps you make principal decisions and not like, you know, the Bible says you're kind of tossed to and fro, right? By every wind of doctrine, you're, you're tossed to and fro by like every environmental external factor, right? Mm. Ga- price of gas goes up. So you move and then housing goes up. And so you move again and then you lost some friends. So you move again and you're, you know, it's like, no, like your life needs to be stable. Your life needs to be focused. And the way that you get that is by having an extremely high level of clarity for your life. Yeah, I love it. And, and this kind of segues into where I want us to land. Extraordinary life. You say you want people to live an extraordinary life. Talk to us about the Extraordinary Life program that you have, the impact you've seen. And I want you yeah. to just share with my audience because I know someone watching this is tired of living an ordinary life. So just talk to us about that. Yeah. So thank you for asking. So Extraordinary Life is a nine-week group coaching uh, cohort that I started some time ago. And for nine weeks, once a week, we get together for 90 minutes. And we just kind of walk through the different areas of your life. There's three core areas that I think everyone needs to have dialed in in order for them to have an extraordinary life. First area is you need to have extreme clarity. What is your vision? What are your values? What what brings you joy, right? Mm. So having clarity, life clarity is one of those core pillars for the extraordinary life. Another pillar is your community or your tribe. What role does God play in your life? Do you have mentors and coaches that you are subjecting yourself to and listening to for advice and guidance? Do you have family and friends who are supporting you and encouraging you to pursue your goals? So you have a clarity pillar, and then you have a community pillar. And then the last pillar is confidence. Mm -hmm. And confidence is all about, you know, Do you understand what your strengths are? Do you see the track record of your past success? And have you implemented the appropriate strategies to counteract self-defeating thoughts that are going to rise as you pursue this extraordinary life? And so those are like the three pillars that we really focus on for nine weeks. You know, the next one's launching here at the time of this recording. It's launching in just a few weeks on September 10. And we are focusing on helping people gain Clarity, what is your vision? What are your values? What brings you joy? When do you come alive? You know, who's in your circle? Who's in your tribe? And how do you double click that and really kind of take it up, take it up a level? And then where are you with your confidence? Like, are you allowing self-defeating thoughts, negative self-talk? You know, are you allowing those things to undermine your success and to marginalize and minimize your past strengths? And so that's kind of what we really focus on. And it's been phenomenal, right? I've Seth, done this give for us the website. I want to I want to put it up yeah, here. So if you just go to if you just go to visionclarity360.com forward slash group coaching, um, you'll see it there. And uh, it has all the information about what the program is and when the program is. I have an assessment that's on there so that you can take that assessment and it will give you a PDF, uh, which will kind of walk you through steps. And then if you want to join the cohort, I would invite you just to you know reach out to me through that website and I'll give you the information, start date and the cost. And I would love to have you go through it. The individuals that have gone through it have extre- have experienced an extremely high level of success and just appreciation for the process. And again, it's not... I'm not going to lie to you and say it's a silver bullet, 
mm-hmm. you know, living the extraordinary life isn't a destination. Yeah. Right. It's a journey. Right. It starts now and it goes till we die. And and every step of the way, we're pushing clarity. We're pushing confidence. We're pushing our community. We're refining. We're optimizing. We're double clicking. We're 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 getting granular with it. And so it's really giving you a new operating system that you can then implement as you are continuing to grow uh, in your understanding of who you are and really in your understanding of what God is calling you to do. I love it. Vision Clarity 360, the number 360.com forward slash group coaching. That's for those who are just listening to the podcast. Vision Clarity number three, number six, number zero.com slash group coaching. And Seth, I just tell people where they can follow you and find you on social media. And I also want you to tell them where they can get that tech. I, I look forward to these texts that I get from you every week. Just telling me, think bigger, dream oh, bigger, yeah. go for bigger. Oh, yeah. And you're like, so oh, yeah. tell us how to follow you and then tell us how to get that those, yeah. uh, those messages coming to our phone. Yeah. So if you want to join my text community, that's what you're talking about. Um, just text the word clarity to 951-400-0154. Just text that. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. And I send one or two texts a week, a week, just encouraging you, giving you some resources and some encouragement to continue to pursue um, the extraordinary life. So it's 951-400-0154. Just text the word clarity. Um, but then you can find me on you know, Instagram primarily at Seth Yolorda. Uh, Facebook, I'm there. Not as much. Um, primarily Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube are the gotcha. primary platforms that I use. Seth Yalorda. Seth, this has been amazing, man. Um, I feel like there's someone on here who needs that extra extraordinary life uh, cohort that you need to go ahead and invest and just just go to the website to see what it's all yep. about. And I just want to encourage you that that I don't believe you're meant to live your life with without com- some clarity on what God's calling for you. And Seth, you are you're not just a practitioner of this and a teacher of this. You're an example of this. And, and I, that's mm. what I love about this, 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 this episode and this discussion. You have you've taken the steps to pursue this. You've made this your life goal. I'm going to go after what God, God has called me to do, what God has called me to be. And you've invested. And now you have taken this out into the church, into the marketplace. And you're helping people and in, in organizations. I don't want to thank you for helping oh, me man. and helping so many others to, to experience that. I thank you for this platform. Thank you for creating, for following your passions to create space for people to kind of debunk some of those myths that people have about ministry and about their gifts. Um, You know, you call it monetizing your ministry. You know, I call it just you recognizing that that when you add value to the marketplace, the marketplace wants to add value to you. Mm. That's bottom line, right? You're adding value to the marketplace in the form of a service or a product and as a result, the marketplace wants to add value to you. And so that's what it's really all about. Um, you know, God has given you gifts and he wants you to use those gifts to move the kingdom forward. And, you know, he promises us that, you know, if you seek the kingdom and that's not just in in spirit, but in advancement and in life, if you seek the kingdom's agenda, everything that you need will be added to you. Right. And so if you help people win in the kingdom through finances, mental health, relationships, whatever it is, whatever your product or service is, if you help people win in the kingdom, the kingdom will help you win in life. I love it. Seth, I'm going to end by using the words you just you just said. When you add value to the marketplace, 
the marketplace adds value to you. Go do that. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.